hockey talk and opinions. This is Penalty Box Radio. Five. With Alex Doherty and Sean Smith. On Smashville's Best Sports Talk, 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. And the Game Nashville app. Hello and welcome into Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salus Realty Group. Salus Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. We're also brought to you by the Nashville Spartans, Nashville's one and only junior hockey team based in Nolensville. I am your host, Alex Doherty, as always, and joining me, as always, is Sean Smith. Sean, what's up? Oh, Alex, I'm uh, coming off of a lot of hockey this weekend with the boys. Oh, yeah. All kinds of hockey. Tons of hockey. Today on the show, we are going to talk a lot of hockey. Nashville Predators have played in four games. We are going to quickly recap most of those games. Uh, it's not a great start, obviously, a one and three start. We're going to cover that in a second. But they uh, went over Seattle, a two losses to Boston and Edmonton. But also on the show today, we are going to be joined by former Preds defenseman Anthony Batetto. You may know him better as Tony Batetto. He will join us. He recently made a decision to retire from the NHL. We're going to talk to him about that, Sean, and maybe some get some favorite memories from him uh, about playing in the league. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, he, everyone loves Tony Everybody Batetto. Everybody loves Tony Batetto. Then we are going to get into a recent trade rumor that came around uh, involving the Preds and find out if there's any fire with that smoke. Ooh. Let's see. Okay. But today's puck drop topic, Sean, what's your level of concern with the team? After a one and three start, let's just hit it right right off the top. What's your level of concern right now? One and three, the Preds. None. Zero concern. Zero concern. I'm wow. I'm not worried at all, Alex. Okay, tell me why. Well, Alex, uh, let me just say this: this it's it's the very beginning of the season, number one, but it's also the very beginning of this team as they find their new identity. This is not a situation where I expected them to get off to a hot start. I expected there to be some growing pains. I expected to see them figuring out who they were as a team. And I, I think that's exactly what you're seeing. You're seeing some good things. You're seeing some things that need improvement. You're seeing some some areas that you might consider weaker. But the, the cold, hard reality is this is just what this looks like right now. And it's it's okay. I would I would agree with you. I think there's a lot of, a, a lot of good things happening. I, there really are. I mean – you know, I said this on uh, Preds Insiders with, with Robbie Stanley and Nick Keezer just a little bit ago. The expectations for this team from the drop have been very low. Right. I mean, it, it, think about this. Like, a 1-3 and three start. Have you heard anybody calling for a, a, a coach to be fired? No. Uh, any players to be traded away? <laughs> Well, maybe. No, no. <laughs> or or complaints about players. I mean, there's always complaints about players, but have there been any questions about you know the direction of the team? No. No. I mean, has has anyone been shouting on the elevator after the game to fire general managers or coaches? <laughs> no. Right. So I, the the feeling is totally different. You you almost get a free year here, right? I mean, you get you get a year where. If you produce and you win some games and somehow make the playoffs, wow, that's incredible. If you miss yeah. the playoffs, it's okay. If you tank and are terrible the whole year, even that's all right. So you get a free year because you're in a transition. Um, but even with that, I really think that some things have looked pretty good. I mean, the the offense right now has done some things that I think a lot of people maybe weren't expecting. There is a rather large rate of expected goals right now we've talked about expected goals on this uh on this program i was expecting them 
Yep. Um, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but it's just the reality that the, the more the more chances you generate, the more shot attempts you get in the other end zone, end of the ice, and the fewer that you let in on the other side, the better ch- your chances are in the long run. I mean, if you take this game in 20, 30, 40-game segments, you're going to win more games that way. So they're doing a good job at that. The special teams has been pretty poor. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. But uh, again, we've we've been told that if it was bad, then it was somebody else. Yeah, it. Well, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, Andrew Burnett definitely. We don't know who, but if it's bad, <laughs> it's not him. So, so, um, so my level of concern, just to to finish off the puck drop, um, I'm right there with you. Not much concern. Yeah. I think one and three is. You know, looking at the schedule, who they're playing, and and when they're playing them, like I, I just I think that's probably typical. I think you're going to start off pretty. This is going to be a sub 500 team for uh, the first couple months. It's okay. And I think that's probably now. Will they pick up? Will they find their pace? Will they get to a point where in January, February, they're playing some better hockey? Yeah, I think so. But early on, not that much of a surprise. Let's talk quickly about the games we've seen this week. Okay. Let's go back to Seattle. So. I was a little surprised at how much they took it to Seattle, to be yeah. honest. Like they, given how last season went with Seattle, Seattle came in. Obviously, there's the whole Tolvin and thing, but the, the Seattle kind of owned them. You know, it was like they were just destroying them. The Preds kept it on them all night, and they kept the press up. They there was three good periods of hockey. Colton Sissons had a shorthanded goal that really got the crowd into it. Um, they got a little bit of luck with the Nyquist goal, but also that's a pro- product of you know getting a volume of chances. 23 save shutout for Soros. and It it was a solid game. It was solid showing. And and like you said, a little bit surprising considering it was the Kraken. And and that is a team that has, in their very short history, for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. made short work of the Predators. So it was was nice to see them come out and kind of say, okay, hey, different different look team this year. We're going to do things a little bit differently. And and to see it pan out was nice too. Yeah, so then the – the Boston game. Now, I, full disclosure, I did not get to see a lot of this game. I was playing in a tournament that this weekend. I saw most of the third period. I don't know how much you saw of the game, Sean. Well, it's all right. Here's here's my take on this game. And okay. I, I also didn't. I had, like I said, I had hockey with the boy. It was we were all over the the, the na- greater Nashville area playing. Just so people know, that's his son, not just a random boy. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's that's my my eight year old son. Uh, <laughs> He's a defender for the Music City Marauders 9U team. Um, look, last last season, if you recall, the Predators were, were trying out a new look. They were going to play tough, hard hockey, right? Mm-hmm. John Hines hockey. We're going we're gonna to grind the other team down. Hines it up. We're going to Hines it up. And and that I think that, you know, you saw a lot of teams kind of get overwhelmed by it. You saw some teams kind of rise to it. And I think this team, while they still have an edge, they're not they're not putting it out there like, hey, we came here to fight. Like that's not mm-hmm. not what they're doing. Okay. But Brad Marchand did. Yeah. And that's he's like, you know what? I'm here to fight tonight. Yeah. I'm gonna get in everybody's business and cause problems. And that that to me was that was kind of the story of the game. There, he was just a loose cannon out there. Yeah, definitely a loose cannon. I, I and the the big the big story with from the Predators' perspective, they went zero for seven on the power play. I think, mm. and really missed a lot of chances to get back in that game. They were, I think, they were down three to two. I think they were down most of the game, and then they tied it. It was two two, and then Boston went up in the third. And um, the Preds were right in there until the end, but the the power play situation was was kind of uh, drastic. 
Then, speaking of drastic, Edmonton comes into town. Oh, boy. I feel like a lot of people have talked about this already today, but mm. my goodness, the Edmonton Oilers, there is something going on where they have uh, some sort of spell <laughs> cast on the, the, the Nashville team over the last 12 games. They're 10-0-2 they're in the last 12 games, and Leon Dreisaitl has absolutely destroyed this yeah. team. Scored two more goals last night. That makes it 24 goals in 24 games. I, I think they have a game genie or something. Yeah, they've got the game genie. They've yep. got the game genie when they come to Nashville yep. or when they play the Predators. They put general. in the cheat codes yeah. for this cheat one. Cheat codes are in there. Every time. Dreisaitl's already on fire coming into the game. Uh, McDavid is McDavid-ing mm-hmm. already. It's... <laughs> Yeah, so just a, a few more numbers here. So Edmonton's won 10 of 12 against the Preds. They're averaging four and a half goals scored in those games. They've scored six or more goals, which they did last last night, Tuesday, 6-1 to one win. They've scored six or more goals four times in the last eight games. But, Sean. But, yeah, I know where you're going. You know where I'm going with this. I know this. where you're going. The previous 13 games... It was the exact opposite. That's why this is so bizarre. Previous to the last 12 games, so the last 13 games before that, the Predators were the ones that were owning the the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, yeah. The Predators went 13-0 and in 13 games. They had a 13-game winning streak over Edmonton between 2014 and 2018, and Pecorine was a big reason why. This was like a huge narrative for a long time. Yep. Pecorine had, a, uh, had their number, and, um, and then all of a sudden he didn't. <laughs> And then he retired. So right. it was it was it's really weird. If you look at the game by game schedule between Edmonton and Nashville, it's like Nashville, 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 Edmonton, 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 Edmonton. Well, I I think I think we've solved this. I think Pecorine had the game genie and then Leon Dreisidel stole it. Okay. We have a texter uh on the uh on, oh, on the text line. On the text line. And this texter uh don't know the name, but it they said, I think the Preds should do more power plays. Why don't they do more? Mm. I think it's a great question. Yes, that is a great question. <laughs> I, I think that's a great question. I, I don't I don't know. We will try to ask uh, head coach Andrew Burnett, why don't they do more power plays? I think, I think it's a fair question. <laughs> so, yeah, Edmonton, speaking of power plays, they do a great job at that, and they, they win that game 6-1. to one. So the Predators find themselves at three – I'm sorry, one and three, three losses on the season. And um, we – you know, th- there's th- – then now they have a tough game, road game in New York on Thursday. That's going to be tough. So, yeah, <laughs> but guess who they're guess who they're playing? The New York Rangers. Or guess who's coaching the team? Ah, oh, Peter Laviolette, oh, Mr. Wow. Lava Lamp himself. Wow, it's exciting. Yes, so we will learn all about that. And uh, speaking of New York, after the break, we are going to have someone from New York oh. on the line, and we're going to oh, talk boy. to him about his NHL career and what he's up to these days. Anthony Batetto will be joining us, former Preds defenseman. Uh, really excited about that. Uh, but before we get going, Nashville, if you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, look no further than Salas Realty Group. Salas is not just about pro- uh, property. They are about people. They build long-lasting relationships that are about you, your needs, and your dreams. Salus Realty Group stands for trust, transparency, and community. They're committed to making a positive impact in Middle Tennessee, one home at a time. Ready to make a move? Visit SalusRealtyGroup.com today and experience real estate the Salus way. To the top of the circle into traffic. Loose puck, they score! Anthony Botetto gets his first goal in the NHL. 
Circles around Girard, then moves to the slot in the Admiral zone. Shot blocked down and hammered to the ice by Anthony Potato. Fiala out high, looking for Smith. Finds it open, Potato, a drive! Score! Anthony Potato, the Long Island kid in his second range of game. He scores! Anthony Potato! Around the net, back to the front. Stick handle, beat a couple of players. What a fabulous goal by Anthony Potato! Yes, Sean. Yes. We are about to be joined by Mr. Anthony Botetto himself. Actual living legend. There we go. I think we have him on the line now. Tony, are you there? I am here. A living legend, I've heard, huh? <laughs> that's, that, that's right. What did you think about those? Like what do you think about those highlights? That was uh, some of, some of your goals. Maybe maybe all of your goals. Hey, hey, come on! It might have been all of them, but I liked I liked hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> I I rewatched that Ranger goal. Man, that was that was something else, man. It, it just dipsy doodling around everyone di- coming in and out of the corner and just like just putting it home. That was that was something special. Yeah, that was a special moment for sure. Especially it was like my se- second game of the year, I think, in New York. Uh, obviously, being from New York and playing for the Rangers, growing up a Ranger fan, it was like. A dream come true, you know what I mean? And uh, just to go out there and do that for someone who barely scores goals and kind of <laughs> plays, you know, a different part of that game. But uh, to do that, it was, it was a special moment and something I'll uh, I'll definitely have that video for a long time. Oh, it was great. It, it was it was fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate the time. But uh, I I just wanted to to make the you know. You know, you announced a couple of weeks ago your retirement from hockey. Yep. Um, I just kind of wanted to feel, you know, what was your mindset going in the, into that decision? What kind of led you towards that road to say, okay, I think it's time to time to retire? Yeah, so, I mean, I, w- I was fortunate. I played a long time. Um, you know, I wasn't the, the 1% guy or a guy who played every night in, you know, all positions, but I tried to found, found a way to, you know, hang around for a long time. Um, you know, getting – the eight years in the NHL, kind of that stretch of Nashville, being in Winnipeg and, uh, you know, Minnesota, and then getting to play for the Rangers. And after getting sent down, I had an unbelievable year in Charlotte. Would love the situation there. And then I just felt like, you know what, I, I kind of felt like it was time to, you know, do something else. I was excited for the next chapter, um, you know, raising my family with my daughter and my wife here in Nashville now. Uh, it's something that I looked forward to, and I think it was just time to, like, move on from the game. Uh, and explore the next chapter. And I'm, I'm I'm happy with the decision. You know, it's I was blessed to play this game. And, you know, met a lot of cool people in it, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, I mean, for a six round draft pick playing nearly 200 games in the NHL, that's that is unbelievable. That is that is such a cool yeah. story. I mean, like when when you when you were drafted in in 2010, did you, did you think that was gonna that was gonna be the outcome? Yeah, I'll play a couple hundred games in the NHL. I'll play in the <laughs> NHL playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's something you dream about as a kid, always playing, and to get that one game, and then next you know, you turn down to 50 and so on and so on. But um, like I said, my, my thing was, you know, be blessed with every day, uh, be the best team as possible, have laughs and enjoy it. And I, for the last 10-plus years, I, I enjoyed it. So I got no complaints. Yeah, so, okay, now for, for people that are have been fans of the team for a while, they, they will know you because you were – on this team during what I think is probably the best three-year stretch of the of the Predators' history. So between 2016 and 2018, obviously there's the Cup run in there. There's the President's yep, Trophy. Yep. You were on that team. I, I think there's that says something a lot about the way that you play <laughs> and the kind of presence you had in that locker room. 
Can you give us just a couple of maybe your top memories from that run or, or just any any from Nashville? But what are some memories from that run of that kind of three-year stretch where the team was so, so good that you remember and that you'll think about for the rest of your life? I mean, the cool thing is the, from that whole that whole era, that was three years, all of us still keep, keep in touch with each other. I mean, you can go down the list. We're in group chats, all of us still with – if it's Subban or Fiddler and all these guys, Harry Z, we all stay in contact, Neil, and the list goes on. And I think that's what, what made that group special. We had a lot of fun. Uh, we enjoyed our time being at the ring together. We worked hard. We had good players. Um, and we embraced it. Um, the memories that will last a lifetime happened in those years. I mean, the, one of my favorite ones is the Fisher goal in overtime. Mm. Um, when the whole team jumped off the bench. And it was just like one of those things, like, those are special moments that kind of, you know, blessed to be a part of and, and take with you for your whole life. That's that's definitely a highlight that gets replayed over and over again in the arena. Oh, yeah. And I think in the in the hearts and minds of a lot of fans as well. So um, you mentioned your, your, you know, being friends with all the guys still. You talk about P.K. Subban, and I think it was hard to miss that you guys got along famously. What was it like, <laughs> you know, kind of – just happening to be there at the right time to have a friendship with somebody like Subban, who's got a big personality and is kind of like the, the most popular guy in the room, no matter where he goes. Absolutely. I mean, Subban's a special person. He, he, he gets the, that side of the game of how to enjoy it. Uh, I mean, even now on ESPN, what he's doing, I mean, I feel like a lot of people like him in terms of what he's bringing to the game. He's kind of changing the game. He's pushing the game. It's all good stuff, and playing with him was special. I mean, it was definitely taught. I mean, uh, everybody was, you know, really close with Webby at the time when that trade went down, so it was sad. But, uh, you know, getting a guy like Subi to kind of come in and try to, let's say, be Shea Weber, but have a, a presence that was enough uh, to be an impactful player both on the ice and off the ice in, in positive ways. So I guess I'm thinking, you know, you talk about retirement, right? Um, that's a big decision. And I think, you know, I, you say you have a daughter. I've got a couple of kids. My eight-year-old son plays hockey. He's just starting his, yeah. I guess you'd say, hockey career, right? We're, we're in practice three times a week. We're constantly going to and from some different arena <laughs> or rink. It's, there's smelly gear in the car. It's just it's always washing something or trying to get something to dry out. That, that grind starts so early. You know, if you take the time you spent from – from the beginning of your career all the way now to retiring, like how does how does that impact you? Just going from like an everyday uh, focus on one thing to just suddenly it being gone. For sure, and I think that was something that leading up to it, I was kind of preparing for. I started looking out at you know different uh, areas of stuff to do if I'm going to stay in the game and and stuff like that. I mean, like you said, you start playing when you're so young and you go through a whole life, the dedication that everybody's put into it, your parents, your family, your friends, the list goes on. So it's a definitely a, an emotional, um, you know, emotional time when you officially call it quits or whatever. Um, but I'm excited for the next chapter. I, I went out and ready. I got my real estate license. I'm working with Cody Bass. We're doing some projects in oh, there. So, um, yeah, so kind of like, Somebody asked me the other day, it was like, don't you want to take a break? I'm like, I just played 10 plus years. That was my fun. Now <laughs> yeah. it's time to go to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, now I know that you didn't play under under Barry Trotz because I think your debut was after he was already gone. And- yeah, my debut, but I knew Trotz. Sorry to cut you off there, but I knew Trotz. He, um, 
prior because yeah. I was drafting ten, and we did uh, training camps together. And, yeah, that that was gonna be um, my that, yeah, yeah. exactly. That was my question. So you you definitely were around him, and, and he was there when you were drafted and and coming up. So what was that? What was that like? What was your experience with Trotz during that time? I mean, this first thing is how how well and how approachable he is as a person. He's one of the greatest human beings you'll ever meet. Not only in the game, and I think in, in life in general, he, he's done a lot for the city of Nashville. Um, I mean, his track record shows everywhere he goes, he's like he, he was successful uh, winning the Stanley Cup. Um, and I think him coming back to Nashville, I think he's the perfect candidate to kind of take David uh, David's shoes a little bit and you know lead this next chapter of Nashville into into success. Okay, so I want to ask you about this. I, I was looking at your uh, your stats, your your career stats. Oh boy, come on! <laughs> no, 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 no. This is this is. I, I really. I know there's a story here. You have one face-off win in your career. Do I really? I I, I don't even know when that was. Apparently, you do. I mean, so I looked at. It, so I I pulled it up. It's some. It's a game from uh, from your rookie year. You don't remember this? You you, you winning a face-off? No, <laughs> but I, I I have one stat that you. I, I got to figure out how it could be recorded. Is okay. I have three consecutive disallowed goals. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Well, when was this? What what year? Uh, so Nashville had two of them. My last game in Nashville okay. as a player in Nashville, again, I was in Detroit. That was one of them. Then I had one in Winnipeg, and then I had another one in Nashville prior to that one. Wow. That's that, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say that's got to be a record. There's there's no way no I mean, one, anyone's I, I tried calling the Hall of Fame. That's one way to get in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, get that done. No, it was yeah, apparently in your your rookie year that it it says that you had a face-off win. I'm I'm just going to guess maybe this is a mistake. Maybe maybe this didn't happen. I don't know. I'll keep it. I'm 100% on draws. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's what it's, that's what it shows. You're 100% on draws. Put him on the dot. He's good at it. Best best ever in Preds history at faceoffs. <laughs> exactly. I just want to ask you one more thing about the the Rangers because just because you know you're you're a New York guy and I know you kind of mentioned yep. it earlier. You were there for 14 games. Just give us a sense for what that was like for you and your family to be able to watch you play in Madison Square Garden with a Ranger uniform on. Yeah, it was crazy, man. I mean, it was a special time. Uh, the first my first game there, I'll never forget. It was so different because it was the COVID year there was no fans actually in in my first game Mm. um so it was it was interesting yeah but it kind of helped me because it kind of just settled me down I feel like if MSG was packed and that was my first game I would have been all over the place but Mm. um I mean just you grow up a Ranger fan that's all you did was watch hockey and watch the Rangers and Brian Leach and Graves and all these guys and then you get to sit in this kind of the same you know, locker room that day did and it's like one of those moments in hockey that like I'll never forget being able to say I was a New York Ranger. So, I mean, it's obviously a special thing for me and my family, for sure. That's great. I, I'm, re- I'm really glad that got to happen. I mean, it, it's something that not a lot of not a, not a a lot of people would realize is such a, a special thing because, you know, it's like if you're playing in the NHL, you're playing in the NHL. But if you're playing for the team that you grew up watching, that's got to be yeah, something special. special. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, last thing. Any thoughts on this year's team, on the, this year's Nashville Predators? What it, Anything stood out to you? What do you think about the team so far? So I went to the game last night, and it was my first game as a so-called fan, right? Okay. Uh, I get down there. I'm all excited. I'm in the lecture's lounge. I'm like, all right, boys, let's go. Go to the seat. And it was 4 nothing after the first. I'm like, oh, my God, they're not going to let me back. <laughs> like, right. Come on. But, yeah. uh, I mean, all jokes aside, I think they have some core pieces that are going to be key. They have a lot of young kids that I think the fans are going to be excited to see and grow. 
I do think there's going to be a learning curve with them. Um, I mean, that's just the reality. They have a, a young group of guys that are kind of on the brink of they're going to be good enough, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that does. Like, they have they have talent. You, you you watch them at times. They're, they're clicking. They're buzzing. Um, I mean, Juice is still an amazing goalie. Mm. Yost is still Yost. I mean, you, you, you lose some guys up front like Joey and, and Dutchie, but, I mean, bringing in a guy like O'Reilly I think is going to help them. Uh, you know, McDonough's back there. They they have the pieces that continue to push, um, and I think they'll 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 be all right. They they gotta just get the young kids on board and learn how to be pros. That's the, that's the difference. Definitely, that makes a lot of sense, man. Tony, I can't thank you enough for your time. Really appreciate it, yep. and and good luck to you in your next the next part of your of your career with what you're doing with Cody Bass and the the, the real estate stuff. I think I, good luck with that. I know that's a that's a that's a, that's going to be fun for you. Yeah, man, for sure, guys. Always a pleasure. And anytime, give me a shot. I'll, I'll come on. We'll shoot the shit and hang out for sure. <laughs> Got it. Sounds good. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks. Well, Sean was mentioning about dirty laundry in the back of his, uh, of his, in the back of his car, to, uh, taking his, uh, you know, son to the hockey practice and whatnot. I know that Sean has used in the past and will continue to use Truvo Sports Laundry. It's Nashville's only mobile sports laundry service that uses ozone technology to clean the smelliest, dirtiest sports gear, hockey, football pads, all that kind of stuff. The O3 process kills 98% of bacteria, 100% of viruses. If you've got that pile of nasty, filthy, stinky sports gear, uh, go to TruvoSportsLaundry.com. Or tr- sorry, TruvoSports.com. Sign up for a cleaning today. They'll come to your house and everything. Truvo Sports Laundry, Nashville's only sports mobile laundry. Sorry, mobile sports laundry service. Nashville. Join the Nashville Spartans, the hockey sensation of the city. Experience thrilling games, family-friendly fun and unity. Visit NashvilleSpartansHockey.com slash tickets. Select your game there and... For the first time, we are offering an exclusive promo code, a PBR Live promo code. Use the promo code PBR50 for an exclusive 50% discount when checking out. So go down to the Nolansville and check out the Nashville Spartans. Don't miss the excitement. Be a part of Spartans Hockey today. Promo code PBR50 for 50% off your ticket. All right. Hey, that was awesome. Uh, I mean, oh, man. T- I knew Tony was going to be great. Yeah. And he he definitely delivered, as he always does. Yeah. And a- again, an actual living legend, Tony Vitetto. <laughs> That's that was, right. I did not know about that. I, I totally forgot about that he had disallowed goals. Three disallowed goals in a row. That's got to be a record. And right? I, I Now that he mentions that, I remember that happening and, and going, come on. They got to count this. I'm disappointed there's not a... Uh, a story with the face-off because yeah. he didn't even remember. Well, I'm, I'm but it sure. happened. It it, ha- it happened. Hockey reference doesn't lie. It's, somebody it's in was there. there. Somebody knows the story. They can 100%. reach out on the on the yeah. text line. It was against it was against the Islanders. I don't know if that helps him, but um, yeah. So okay, um, I I want to just address the 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 rumor thing with uh, with Dante Fabro. So this happened. I don't know. I guess about a week ago, and 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 Fabro has been in some trade rumors in the past. I mean, or, yeah. it felt like all last year, oh, right? Oh, yeah. It was, it, we were all really surprised, I think, when it was Ekholm and not Fabro that got traded because everybody, yeah. all the swirling rumors for a long time were about Fabro, and then suddenly it was Ekholm, and then boom. And it felt like for a long time it was just we were waiting for him to just go to San Jose because that was the kind of the uh, the big 
that was who was targeting him, I guess, because his former coach is there. Um, I I also think there's always going to be whenever you get in a situation where there's a surplus of defenders who are NHL ready or NHL level right. as he is, and with the Nashville, they've obviously got Alex Carrier who can play at this level. They just signed Luke Shen. They've got Jeremy Lozon. They've got Dante Freibro. They have a a surplus of defenders. Right. Naturally, the other teams start asking. The, the the big NHL media start looking at it and saying, hey, they, this team has more than they need. Maybe they're going to capitalize and find a way to, to use that asset to fit their other needs. Uh, and that is something that's always been with Nashville, right, going back to – Going back to a long time, going back to Seth Jones, going back yeah. to to the Shea Weber, Ryan Suter stuff. To I mean, forever. Kimo Timonen, they've Gerard. always had this like surplus of defensemen. Yeah, and Fabro is just the latest one. Right. Um, I, I guess what what do you think about this? I mean, I it, wh- how do you feel about the idea of the Predators possibly trading Fabro at this point? Now, I will throw in there: we just found out Luke Shen. Is out for four to six weeks for 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 Nashville. So throw that in there as well. I, I think it's interesting. You know, it's all about timing. And you think, okay, Luke Shen is going to be out for a while. That that definitely takes the I don't know, like the you have this luxury of all of these NHL ready defenders away. Um, and there's guys and that are in Milwaukee that I'm sure are very capable. We saw a few of them last season come up and play solid minutes and play good games that I think would be be fine but at this moment it's not really necessary and plus I think it's interesting that that one of the reports today said that it's it's maybe they don't think it's as good of an idea as they mm-hmm. originally thought and I think that probably has a lot to do with how well Fabro's playing mm-hmm. um, I, I know this is something that that came up on Preds Insiders before us but I mean Fabro's looked great I mean, he's he's moving the puck well. He's skating really well. He defended really well last night. I think he did a lot of things. And in the conversation I heard earlier, you know, had to do with you know maybe getting into certain situations and 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 hesitating too long. And that's the thing is there's he's got to just develop that last little bit of confidence to know that he can do all of those things offensively too. And he's got a, a perfect teacher right there with him in Roman Yossi. So in case you don't know what we're talking about in terms of the trade rumor, the the rumor. I, I believe it started with uh, on on Elliot Friedman's podcast. I think so. I, 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 I don't quote me on that. I think it, that's where it started, and it maybe a, a week or two ago. And the the rumor originally was around Connor Garland with Vancouver, who is about a five. I think is four four point nine million dollar cap hit, uh, and probably probably going to get traded from Vancouver because Vancouver's not in a great position to compete, and they want to try to capitalize on it. So I think the idea was, if what if Nashville tried to trade their asset, their defenseman asset, for a younger offensive player? Now, Connor Garland's not that young. He's 27. He's got a little bit of speed. He's small, though. I mean, he's, he's, he's a little dude. 5'8", five, 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 181, according to EliteProspects.com. Winger and, you know... I, I think could be a guy that if you put him into Brunette's system w- would would produce. I think it would be pretty good. I think the, his cost is too high. Five million dollars for for that is is not great because he's he's only ever put up. He's had a one twenty goal season with Arizona, and uh, he's kind. That's probably his ceiling. He's probably like a forty point guy. Hmm. So, but I, we were also hearing that they were possibly going to 
eat some of the cost. If they ate some of the cost and maybe got him down to like a $4 million player, $3.5 okay. million player, then you're looking at it at a more reasonable cost, especially giving up someone like Fabro. So right. um, I don't know. It, what, what do you think about the potential of adding someone like that to the to Predators roster? It'd be interesting to see. I mean, let's let's play devil's advocate here and assume that it happens. I mean, you know, let's, what does this add to the lineup? If you've got somebody that's fast, you've got somebody with the and, – and, and I – I think it's interesting that whenever you start talking about a shorter player, who always gets brought up? Steve Sullivan. Is is really? <laughs> that's, that's who I think that's of. That's where you, that you think of Steve Sullivan. <laughs> I, kind of, yeah. Okay, I, I think of I, Steve I, Sullivan or Paul Correa. Okay, well, recently, oh. in recent years. <laughs> I don't know. Who are you thinking? Rocco uh, Grimaldi? Everybody likes to talk about Rocco Grimaldi, okay. but you also you also have Victor Arvidsson. And <laughs> oh, you've, you've yeah. Got, you've got that. smaller guys with speed that, that can go in. Patrick and, Harper? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a blast from the past. Um, Muggsy Bugs? Ooh. <laughs> maybe get Spud Webb in here. Spud Which Webb? sport are we talking about now? Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy time in the studio. Um <laughs> But you, you you talk about some of these shorter players, and I you know I'm not a tall person. I don't I don't I don't understand the hate. But uh, you've seen guys like that come in and perform well. You've seen them endear themselves to the fans very quickly because they they've got a lot of grit. They never stop working. They skate hard. They sandpaper. Get, yeah, sandpaper. But they get to the front of the net. They get things done. So it would be an interesting addition. That being said, I don't know that I necessarily think it's 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 a, a great idea to go after someone like that. I, I have not seen enough Connor, Connor Garland to, to think. I, I remember that year in, in Arizona. I remember being a kind of a, a jittery, like, you know, kind of spunky guy that <laughs> just was able to score goals. I mean, a lot of Arizona players have been able to score goals against Nashville. It's kind of been a, a whole thing. But, uh, I, I, but back to the Fabro thing. I think Fabro is on the verge of finally reaching that level. Yeah. I think we're seeing it right now. I think so. And it took however many years he's been in the league now for for this to happen. But I mean, maybe it, maybe I'm exaggerating just after a hot start. But I just I I see him now as the guy that I think he could be. And and this is this is almost like when so Ekholm, who we just saw here in town, returning for from from or for Edmonton. Those first couple years, he was down and up and down, and he was in the lineup, out of the lineup. He was getting benched, and then at some point just something clicked, and they finally got him, and they started signing him to those low-risk contracts, and then right. he finally got that bigger contract um, two years ago. And I just feel like maybe Fabro is right on that level where he's about to, to hit it. And and Carrier with the other, you know, you're always going to compare those two, Carrier and Fabro. I think Fabro might be about to pass him. I just had that feeling that Fabro might be about to pass Carrier in terms of his development. I th- again, I, I go back to this, and I've had to talk about it a lot, but I think, I think he's gotten a, like just a raw deal when it comes to just debuting straight into the NHL without going to the AHL and having to develop under mm-hmm. the microscope. And I think, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I think everybody just needs to give him a chance. But, but what I'm saying is, take off the or you know peel away some of the layers and layers of of just you know. Uh, hatred that's out there for some reason Mm -hmm. and just say okay i want to give him a fresh chance this year and i'm going to see what this guy can do and i think people will be surprised to realize that he's become a very solid player yeah uh on the other side we will talk a little bit more about uh where the the predators go from now uh they've got a few games coming up potentially maybe we'll see a lineup change or two i don't know uh we mentioned the luke shen 
injury update, you know, the how does that affect things uh, for the next couple weeks. So we will talk about that. And we will, of course, finish the show with another edition of the three-on-three draft, quickly becoming everyone's favorite segment, which is great, and I love that. Um, But before we go, folks, if you're looking to buy a home, I know it can be really stressful. It's a a big decision, and there's a lot of things to consider, a lot of things to analyze. But with the experienced real estate professionals at Salas Realty Group, you can find your dream home in the most vibrant and dynamic city in the world, Nashville. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, investor, or selling your property, the Salas Realty team guides you every step of the way. They have intimate knowledge of Nashville's neighborhoods, schools, and market trends. They will match you with the perfect home to suit your lifestyle and needs. If you want to get started, go to salasrealtygroup.com. That's S-A-L-L-I-S, realtygroup.com and experience real estate the Salas way. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realty Group. Sean, this show has flown by. Very fast, Alex. <laughs> Very fast. It's been awesome, though. We had uh, Tony Potato early on uh, the show. We talked about the Predators' one and three start. We talked about Dante Fabro trade rumors. You know, right now the the Preds head off to New York. I, t- Tony Potato's Rangers. Yeah, that's where they're headed right now. And you know, they have a, a tough. That's a tough matchup. But then they get San Jose. They get Vancouver. Uh, they get um, where is the schedule? Pulling it up now. <laughs> Uh, they go to they have Toronto coming in and then they go on a five game West Coast road trip. Uh, Canadian Canadian Western. Can, sorry, what am I trying to say? Canada. West. <laughs> they're going west. They're going to Vancouver, Seattle, Edmonton, Calgary, and Winnipeg. And that is going to be a big road trip. I mean, they, they of these next few games, the Rangers is going to be tough. Sharks, you should beat. Canucks should be competitive. You should win that one. Maple Leaf's going to be tough. So, yeah. I mean, if you go two and two in this stretch, I think that's totally okay. reasonable. It's okay. Yeah. Let's let's not stress out. <laughs> yeah, like we talked about, this is it's a fine. really it's low okay. expectation season. You're, you're good. And uh, so, they, if they if they went two and two, they'd be three and five. Is that right? Is that math right? Three and five going onto that that that's that right. five game road trip. That's right. So. Um, that would that would be uh, it's going to be you know, and that'll take you almost uh, you know we were a couple weeks out from Thanksgiving at that point where the uh, the final sort of or the first marker is on, on how good you're going to be. So, um, do you anticipate or think that there'll be any kind of lineup changes going into tomorrow in New York? Is that is that from the text line, Alex? Uh, no, it's not. Oh, it is thought, from the me line. I thought someone had, had texted I came off, us. I came off the dome straight from the dome. Shots from the dome. All right. Uh, do I anticipate any lineup changes? I, I think they may mess around a little bit. I think they might throw somebody in there. You okay. know, maybe a, a, a big body like Mike McCarron. Put him in there, see what he can do. Okay. Um, Fagimo, maybe. just he's, he's got some speed. Let's see what happens. I'm I'm curious. I think it, it's intriguing. You know, you got to see some, some action from some of the other lines. That could be what direction they head. I would like to see Sammy Fagamo in there. I think he would be he he really was pretty impressive. He was only in camp for a few days, right? But he had he had a a spark, I would say, well, a little, maybe, little spark. Maybe you can't start a fire without a spark. You can't. And he he also has a, a, a tremendous amount of puck skill. I really didn't know that. I mean, for a guy that was on waivers, like I was kind of shocked at how much skill he had. He was 
he was really doing a good job in, in, in practice. Now, it's just practice, but, you know, I'd like to see him do that and see see maybe if he can go in for – well, it, it's tricky because, you know, do, does the team want to mess with Luke Evangelista, Novak, Tomasino line? Do they want to mess with that? Do they want to try to um, – do they want to disrupt the the Sissons, Trennan, Cole Smith train? If you if you brought in Fagimo, where do you put him? Hmm. Well, that's that's a great question. Parsons not coming out. No. Tommy Novak's not coming out. No. So let's think about the wingers. Of the yeah. wingers, I mean, I wouldn't be upset if they. And I mentioned this on Preds Insiders. I would not be upset if they let Evangelista sit for a game. I think it's okay. And put Fagimo in sure. there. Sure. Maybe Tomasino, one of those two. I think he's. I think he's a better fit on that line than than going into the the, the Trinidad line. Sherwood, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Sid Sherwood put Fagimo in there with sure. Cody Glass. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I think that'd be okay. Defense. Luke Shin is out four to six weeks, according to the Nashville Predators. They said that today. Lower body injury, Alex. You yeah. need your lower body to play hockey. Yeah. So I don't know that they're gonna um, change anything on the defense. And I, I think, you know, there's a chance – oh, well, so, so, so we didn't really talk about the goaltending situation, but Soros gets in there and gets pulled after the first period. Uh, Kevin Lankinen comes in, you know, performs okay, I suppose. Yeah, he's fine. But I think that probably means Soros starts in New York. That's my guess. I, I don't know why they would why they would switch it up. Yeah. I think that makes sense to me. They do need to figure out how they're going to play Lankinen, though. They, they had a they had a good plan for that last year. How are they going to work him in this season? I think you need to see him. I mean, I, I really think you need to see him once a week. Sure. You, you can't let him sit too long. I, I think, again, going back to some, some previous research, he does best when he plays on a regular basis. Not an every yeah. night situation, not every other night, but regular play. And I, I think that – if they let him sit too long, if they keep him on ice too long, he's going to get cold. Right. Okay. Guess what, Sean? Um, it's time for oh. our end of show topic, which is the three on three draft. What? I, Did I miss something? Well, no. You said guess what, and I guess oh. it was rhetorical. I was going <laughs> to no. guess half half the time when I say guess what, I, I don't actually want you to say okay. anything. Just sit there. Thank you. We are going to do our three on three draft, and guess what? Today's topic is a fun one. Oh boy. So this is, if you don't know what we're doing, this is the game where Sean and I draft a topic of our choosing. And today's topic, we are drafting alien movies. Sean, you're going to draft your three alien movies. Now, this can be based on whatever criteria you want. The movie can be about aliens entirely. Like, it just can be about aliens. It can just have a few aliens in it. It can have one alien in it. It can just mention aliens. Okay. But you're going to draft your alien movies. And, and it is very important to point out. This is not space movies. Okay. This is alien movies. Well, but aliens could be in space. In of movies. course. Okay. There could be overlap. Okay. I just, I'm a little concerned though, Alex. Okay. There is some, I, I believe there was some espionage last week, so. Uh, uh, wait, in what? I'm accusing you of spying on, on me and, and, and taking and, and oh. messing with my brain okay. to make me choose Well, do you want to go first? No, no, no. It's okay. fine. Okay. Please. All right. I'm going to go first. And my first draft pick in the alien movies is... Alien, 1979. James Cameron, Sigourney Weaver. What? It's a, it's a space movie. It's about aliens. It's oh, called Alien. Okay. Yeah, well. I'm drafting Alien. Are we just... The, the we, classic Alien movie. Are, were we just supposed to pick 
movies with Alien in the title? No. no. I said draft whatever criteria you want. But I'm drafting that one because it is one of the best Alien movies of all time, and it has the best tagline of any movie in history, and that is, in space, no one can hear you scream. Is that true? I actually don't know. Okay. Let's get a physicist in here to discuss. Okay. But before we do that, your draft pick. Okay. First, first, now I'm going to, let me just say this. I don't like scary movies. I don't like to be scared. I like to feel safe when I watch watch the moving pictures. My number one pick in the draft, Flight of the Navigator. Oh, wow. That's a great pick. Uh, I grew up watching that movie. I loved it. That is a great movie. Pretty sure we recorded it off of the TV. (laughs) And uh, <laughs> yep. rewind it and rewatch it over and over again. Yes, absolutely, just a great, great movie. To this t- to this day, anytime I hear um, that Beach Boys song, run was it run around? Is that what it's called? I get around. I get I get around. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's a great song, and that makes me think of that scene in that movie. Great pick. All right, my second pick. I this is a movie that I think a lot of people didn't like, but I I think it's awesome, and I I will rewatch it as much as I can. Contact, nineteen ninety seven. Jodie Foster, Foster. Matthew McConaughey, excellent film, and has one of the best endings. I think the whole ending of that movie is just fantastic. Really great script. I don't know how it didn't win more awards, but Contact and awesome alien scenes. Great alien scenes. It was a good one. I'll agree. I didn't have that on my list, so I'm I'm really excited that uh, I get to choose my, my second choice. I still get it. I thought you would take this one. I'm going with Independence Day. (laughs) That was my next pick. Oh, some espionage, huh? Oh, <laughs> All right, tell sabotage. me why. Well, Independence Day, it had everything that I liked. It had the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in it. Mm-hmm. There were explosions. Uh, that Quaid guy was off his rocker in it. That's pretty cool when he goes a little haywire in there. Mm-hmm. And it's got that great speech by the president. It's It's got a lot of things you like. <laughs> by the president. So, uh, well, he was the president <laughs> at the time. You yes, know, or yes. In the movie, you know what I mean. Yes. But uh, it's 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 action, it's excitement. Aliens get punched in the face, uh, both literally and uh, and in the other one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my my final pick. I had I'm having to to zig here because you you zagged and mm. took my pick. Um, I, I mean Independence Day. I thought about drafting it higher. I probably should have. I was that's a mistake. That's just that's that's my bad. It's okay. Um. I'm kind of stuck between a couple, but I'm going to go with Arrival, which okay. I think came out in 2016 or 17, something like that. Arrival, okay. um, Amy Adams is in it, and it has one of the most unique and just mind-blowing alien creatures you've ever seen in any movie. I think that for creativity alone on what the aliens are and how they interact and communicate is right. just... That that takes the cake. So I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with uh, Arrival. Okay. All right. So my la- my last pick. It, it look it. We're, there's a theme here. It has a lot of the same things that the last movie had. It's got the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> it's got aliens. I'm pretty sure one gets punched in the face. Men in Black. Good pick. Good I, pick. I, again, let me go back. Yeah. I don't like to be afraid. I like to feel okay. safe when I'm watching. Yeah, the, mine are the mine are pictures. definitely in the kind of fearful. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Pick. I, I I don't know who wins. Who do you think? Who wins? The Men in Black pick. I, I got to go with Sean. Yes! I was waiting for someone okay. to take it, and I'm going okay. with Sean. That's right. That's how. Uh, it, that's how we do it over here wow. on this okay. side of the studio. Producer Jake is uh is this has made the decision. Got Sean you. wins. Right. Uh, so I went with Alien, Contact, and Arrival. You went with Men in Black, 
Independence Men in Black, Day. Independence Day, Flight of the Navigator. You went with one-word titles. I went with yeah. multi-word titles. That was pretty good. Very good. Uh, excellent version of the three-on-three draft. We'll do that every week. Victory. And, um, Man, yeah, another victory for Sean. Tastes so sweet. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. Um, listen, everybody, thank you for listening to Penalty Box Radio Live. We are always presented by Salas Realty Group. Salas Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. We will be back next week, and uh, we will recap a lot more Nashville Predators hockey. Maybe we'll have more interviews. Maybe we'll talk to someone else. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. Um, but uh, thank you again for for listening, Sean. Any parting thoughts? Um, just, I just want to thank. Tony Batetto again. Just love love watching that guy play. Love his personality. Big big supporter of the the third pairing defenders, and I was just happy to have him on. Absolutely, I echo that as well. All right, we'll see everybody next week.